Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is something that I'm actually going to mention for the first time in our close to one year of existence. This is for the week ending July 30th, 2021. So for listeners, when you're, if you're listening to us on audio or video, you can actually tag back to the actual week we're covering. Because so, you know, every week it seems like we're doing seven or eight movies, but there might be no rhyme or reason. The rhyme or reason is every single week we cover the new films that are coming out. This is for the week of July 30th. Another change in this show of Find Your Film is we, me and Eric Holmes. Hello, Eric Holmes. We, how are you doing, buddy? I'm not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. We fired Bruce Perky. We fired <laughs> Bruce Perky is no longer part of the Find Your Film podcast. He's stuck somewhere in Americana in the heartland of Americana. His car has broken down, or so he says. He's somewhere probably out partying, and maybe maybe he's off just to seeing a. It's a it's a one year anniversary. You gotta you gotta cut loose for a bit. Cut loose, yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, actually, even though Bruce's car is broken down, he he himself is not broken down. He's actually on the side of the road, probably in this the scorching heat writing mini reviews of the movies we're covering <laughs> for this episode, Eric. Is that a lot of dedication? What do you think, buddy? Yeah, Bruce is the best of us. <laughs> Bruce is the best of us. I'm no yeah, we, we have to enjoy him while he's here. Oh, uh, right. No, no. Eric is sounding like Bruce's terminal. With the amount of cheeseburgers I'm eating lately, I think I'm going to be the one who's actually under the ground sooner than later. We have a lot of movies to get to this week, Eric Holmes. We have nine days. A movie called Nine Days, a movie called Lorelei. That's a Lorelei is a movie starring Pablo Schreiber, I believe. That, pa- Pablo Schneider. Pablo that Schreiber? was that was a movie that I was so glad when they actually said the name of the movie out loud in the movie. I'm like, oh, that's how you say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> actually, we got yeah. a couple of those today. Yeah, and we have Twist, a movie that I wish Bruce was here to actually talk to you about, Eric, because yeah. I actually did see the movie, but you and Bruce have a definite definite tie to twist because you guys interviewed the actress slash writer sally collette so we're going to be covering that and she's actually in twist for a little bit and finally we're going to be also covering the documentary sabaya eric combs after watching sabaya you're were you triggered were you triggered we're going to get to that in a second were you emotionally fraught uh, with uh, were you what headspace yes. were you in very angry but also kind of uh, oddly enough hopeful and then it's sometimes yeah, this, that, that, oh, should we just start with that? <laughs> no, you know what we're going to start with first? We're going to start with a movie that's coming out July 30th, and that is The Green Knight. Okay, right. You actually have, you've been clamoring for The Green Knight. I, I Okay, here's the thing, Eric. Did you know that I was actually the publicist who was working on Green Knight? He's a very, I'm not going to mention the, the publicist's name, very nice person. He actually offered me a screening for, for Tuesday for The Green Knight over here in downtown Los Angeles. I definitely did not respond because, as you know, Eric, I'm a hermit. I did not want to go out and watch <laughs> The Green Knight. If you were offered such an opportunity, would you have actually, after work, gone to your local theater and see The Green Knight before Friday's release? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, like, because we get a lot of screeners that we got to, you know, watch at home, which yeah. is great. And, and that's awesome. But like, there's certain movies like Green Knight's one of them. Uh, when Dune comes out, that'll be another one that I'm like, if we get a screener, that's great. But it's gonna be very hard to like not watch the screener because like sometimes you just want to see the first time on the on the in, on the big screen. We're not and gonna green- get a screener. We're just gonna get a big envelope of sand and a VHS I'm, 
I'm cool with that. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. But I mean, I mean, I mean, the whole the whole point is that like the the screeners are cool, but like with certain movies, especially like something like The Green Knight or Dune, is something that's like. I mean, if you give me the screener, I'll watch it. But I'd much rather watch it in the you know IMAX or you know watch it in the movie theaters for the first time. So, oh, speaking of the Green Knight, so basically next week we're just we can count listeners can count on you to traverse your to go to your local theater to watch the Green Knight. This is something you're going to be doing this weekend. Yeah, I kind of, plus I kind of have to. <laughs> so, given the project that I've been working on, it, it it would it would be silly if I did not do that. Okay, and tell our listeners. I think you've mentioned it the last couple of episodes. You were collaborating on this Green Knight RPG game with a bunch of your friends. There's yes. going to be a whole. Oh, let's see. And what what can we? Oh, we got so, the uh, we got the Green Knight uh, uh, fantasy R role playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, you can get that on the A24 website. And I got it, and I knew that uh, William Lindis likes to play D and D, uh, and we hooked up, got him, and then got Peter Beta from Middle Class Film Class, and. Uh, Jessica Lowe from Strange Fate Crafts, who's going to be doing, help me doing my game, the box um, stuff for my game. And so she's in it. And then two of uh, Will's friends, uh, we got Fernando and John. And I I know, I know mostly by their character's name. So I want to call John Cromlin, but I think his name is John. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, we, uh, yeah, we played through the RPG game. William Lindis DM'd it. And then we put together, like, uh, put it together in four different parts and added, you know, a little, little bit of music, you know, not, you know, a little bit of music and then some video and what would you call it like a picture kind of uh a video music picture yeah like a picture stuff like someone's like oh and then the fox comes by and then we got a picture of a fox or a okay. video of a fox you know some visual representations or visual okay. aids throughout visual it. aids visual references so, yeah so it, it, it's basically just a playthrough that you'd find on youtube but we kind of added a little extra stink to it to make it more fun to watch as opposed to just listening to it but if you want to just listen to it you can do that as well Speaking of Stank, I we I just received all of the mini movie reviews from Bruce Perky that he has supplied for us for this little mini pod. So even though Bruce will not just be with us in spirit, he will be with us via prose, Eric Holmes. So yeah, as Eric Holmes actually looking at some <laughs> of the comments of what he's, let's see, I think he gave us a couple of reviews. Did he miss a couple of reviews? Let's see. It says it sucks. Not for me and fuck this movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, wait. One more thing. And then I want him to actually tell us something about this that movie Twist. First off, let's start with Twist. Why don't we just start off with Twist? Because this is a movie yes. that you and Bruce have been looking forward to because it's directed by Martin. I believe Owen, he is the yeah. director behind Max Cloud. And Owen has a whole bunch of people who are part of his universe. One of them is Sally. I believe Sally Collette. She was the co-writer of Max Cloud, and she's also a co-writer in Twist, so she's back yeah. here, and she has a very small role. And Elliot, I believe, Langridge, who is also in yeah. Max Max Cloud, is has a small part here as well in Twist. Yeah. Very, very brief part, but very. It was a it was a glorious bit of briefness. It's one of these things. If you are in that Martin Owen world and you know his films, you'll know Sally Collette and you know Elliot Langridge, and both of them are here as sort of a obviously Collette did the co-writing, but both language and Colette as actors, they're here as sort of a nod for people who are really into this universe. First off, Twist is a modern day retelling of the Charles Dickens classic, Oliver Twist. 
and it stars the main character is Twist Oliver. He's an orphan. He is living in, I, I believe, in London, and he's a loner until he, of course, you know the whole Oliver Twist story. He gets taken in by a requisite family of thieves, and he joins the family. Unfortunately, finding that unconditional love from his extended family is very tough. When all they want to do is rob, they want to rob from people. They want to actually, well, they're actually robbing from the rich. Actually, this movie takes place within the art world in London as well. So instead of, so that's a different. It's not a musical. It's not a big heavy drama. It's a light, frothy comedy adventure set in the art world. So what did you think of this, Eric? Overall yeah. twist. Yeah, this was a really fun heist movie. Has a lot of the parkour in it. So because uh, Oliver Twist in this one, he's a tagger graffiti artist, and I. Uh, God, I wish Bruce was here because he. My brain fails me so many times, and he would know this. But there was a movie that oh, I'm uh, here. I'm going to help you. Go, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, that the, there was a movie Bruce watched, and then I watched as well. Mm-hmm. I think it was for one of his in the box movies, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was about a uh, 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 street tagger, uh, and it, it was really similar to uh, similar to Twist as far as the you know the guy doing the uh, graffiti art. And then just wanting to make uh, make his own art and make his own statement. That's kind of where Twist was. Um, but then he gets uh, he hooks up with uh, Michael Caine and his uh, band of Merry Thieves, and they uh, it becomes like a, a heist a heist movie, kind of like a Ocean's Eleven sort of thing. Of course, and Michael that, Caine is Fagin, the popular Dickens Dickens character, yeah. Fagin, the leader of the group. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I'm not that well versed in Oliver Twist. I saw the movie when I was a kid and barely remember. The only thing I was, please, uh, may I have some more? More? <laughs> so, <laughs> and of course, running out of the cast is Skiles. She plays is Sykes. I mean, Sykes, played by the Game of Thrones actress Lena Headey. Sykes is the bad apple of the bunch. Okay. There's also there's also Rita Ora, the pop artist Rita Ora. She's she plays Dodge, and also there is Sophie Simnet. She's red. Red plays the woman who actually, who is a fellow fellow criminal crook and part of the family of Twist, Twist new family and Twist, played by Ray Flaw, starts falling head over heels the minute he lays eyes on Red. Sorry, Eric. That's yeah. yeah. So it was fun. It was a fun movie for you. Yeah, for yeah. It was a, it was a li- little more serious than uh, Max Cloud, but it, oh, oh, what was the. Uh, Oh geez, I cannot remember anything today. The assassination one with the uh, Chibs from Sons of Anarchy, uh, the other, the other Martin Owen movie. Uh, oh, Assassins yeah, Anonymous. Yeah, no, 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 Killers Anonymous. Killers, Killers Anonymous. Oh geez, my brain sucks so bad. All right. Um, but it, it had the same kind of flavor to that. So, like, if you're into those type of movies, this is this is kind of uh, in that same wheelhouse and uh i'd really like to uh have sally call it on again and Elliot language because i i saw that there was like on the so on the movie there's like her and another co-writer i think but if you look up imdb there's like 10 co-writers and that's that was kind of odd to me because it, it definitely feels like the killer is anonymous kind of flavor so that is twist and twist is what- twist is quite fun this is okay. Twist for me is quite fun. This is what Bruce says. Twist, likable fluff, probably more suited for the Disney crowd. The heavy amount of parkour is a bit puzzling. Mild recommend as family fair. I'm going to disagree with Bruce on that. I love the parkour in this movie. I thought the parkour was the best stuff in this movie. 
It was a lot of really cool action scenes. It was different. Yeah, maybe it might have been a little bit puzzling, but it kind of worked. I, I like that. I like that twist, the narrative. Yeah. So, so did you, Eric? You liked that well, part well, of it? Well, I mean, he's a graffiti artist, so it, it makes sense that uh, at least know his way around the around the city like he does. And then maybe he does a couple flips and parkours his way through <laughs> throughout <laughs> the, the buildings. The weird thing is, as I'm watching Twist throughout the entire movie, I'm thinking, man, this lead actor, I didn't know, I didn't know who, who he was, but I was thinking, man, he reminds me of Jude Law from the talented Mr. Ripley, like early Jude Law, this guy, the guy who played Twist. And I, I think I was thinking to myself, yeah, if, if anything, this movie, even if it's light, fun, entertainment, fair, it's going to serve as a very good vehicle as a lead actor. He, he, can, yeah. he reminded me of a young Jude Law. And I was, I was thinking maybe that's an unfair comparison. You, you know what this movie reminds me of? Baby Driver. It's got that same kind of similar kind of energy and kind of the music, the quick kind of story. I wonder if baby driver is based on Oliver Twist. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. Or it has maybe a light guy, guy, Richie touch to it. Also, anyways, the lead, the lead actor who I was thinking reminded me of Jude Law. I went to IMDb to check. His name is Rafe Law. He is the son of Jude Law. So the son of Jude Law is, well, there you go. Is the lead of Twist again, star-studded movie? I was thinking. My only complaint: I wish there was a little bit more for Michael Caine to do. But honestly, Michael Caine is a added bonus in whatever movie he's in. Do you wish they, they had more of Michael Caine, or like what? That's not. I, I wish they had more Elliot Language and Sally Colet, but I'll, I'll <laughs> take whatever I can get. Whatever they give me, I'll take. So Twist, it's in theaters on digital and on demand, July thirtieth, two thousand twenty-one. July thirtieth, this Friday. I remember watching Rachel Weiss on, uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon, and she was saying how to actually have the Michael Caine accent. Do you know how to actually have the Michael oh, Caine accent, yeah. Eric? Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. So that was very cool. Anyways, uh, so I mean, solid recommend for me as as family fair. Michael Caine. Michael. Yeah, my, it's, Michael a, Caine. it's a wonderful movie. You should check <laughs> it out a bit. <laughs> That's about the best I can do so for that right is now. Eric Thespian Holmes <laughs> laying down the truth on Twist again in theaters on digital. Gregory, if you want me in Twist too, just ask me and I'll. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, yeah, very good. You're, you have a better British accent than me. Too bad we couldn't get Bruce in here to give us his. Maybe next week we'll have him do some more, please. Or maybe, maybe Bruce Perkins next week will come in and call us governor or governor, the whole the whole episode <laughs> on digital and demand july 30th that is twist eric did you see all of these movies as well i i mean I did. did you did, did you get did you get through nine days did you actually get through nine days i did okay now look here's a premise it felt like nine. 12 <laughs> it felt like if nine. okay that's a review we're on to our next movie <laughs> Nine days felt like 12. <laughs> and they're never going to send us a link anymore. Thanks, Eric Holmes. Says, oh, what are you doing? Eric? Yeah. No, but this is a weird premise, okay? Because it centers on, I mean, how do we start with this movie? It It's such an interesting film. And I think it's, an, do you agree? First of all, do you think nine days, there are, it's getting some really good reviews, but do you think ultimately before we get into the plot summary that it is a total acquired taste, this movie? I think so. And uh, quite honestly, like this is a really cool idea. And I think my misgivings about this movie are my fault and not the movie's fault because I tried watching That's it. That's too generous. Uh, aren't you, aren't you being too generous? Like maybe. It's no, 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 no. Cause it, it was one of those, uh, it was one of those things where I just, when I put it on, it just, it wasn't grabbing me. 
And then I was like, oh, no. you know, and I just, I just turned it off. And then I, I hit you guys up. I was like, does this get better? And you guys are like, oh yeah, yeah. Check it out. And, you know, let's start, you know, sorry. You didn't like it. And I was like, well, I'll try watching it again. And then I, I get to uh, kind of get into its groove a little bit. So I'd like the second time through it kind of, you know, got into it. I, I, I don't know, just something. I saw a master and commander a long time ago. And the first time I watched that movie, I couldn't fucking stand it. I was like, this movie sucks. Yeah. I hate this movie. I hate everything about this movie. And then, like, literally everyone I talked to it was, just tells me about how great Master and Commander is. I'm like, that movie sucks. What, what? But then at some point, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And so I, I'd already seen Master and Commander. And I already know what to expect from it. Now I can kind of now I can kind of get my brain in master and commander mode. And I put it on. I'm like, oh yeah, I was fucking wrong. I was way off. This movie's pretty fucking sweet. And so I think that might be the case with uh, Nine Days, where I'm just not. Or maybe I, it's I, 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 I don't think I was pacing. Maybe maybe it's not your tone or or pace. Maybe the pacing wasn't your. You know what I'm saying? It might be not your thing. No, I, I, a lot I, of people's things. I think it was a wrong, wrong movie at the wrong time. Fair. You know, so sometimes you watch a movie that normally you wouldn't like, but you're just in that right head space. So you're like, oh, that movie was awesome. But if you watch that movie a day before or a day after, you'd be like, this movie sucks. I think, I think I just watched this movie at the wrong time. It just didn't hit me the way that it should. Because it's a really cool premise. And there's a lot of cool... Should we say what the premise is? Yeah, well, the, the premise is, okay, it stars Winston Duke. Okay, you, you guys might know Winston Duke from, I believe, Us and yeah. Panther. Excellent actor. He plays Will. He's a very closed-off human being. And he lives in this remote desert outpost where it's just... There's a whole bunch of... There's a slew of televisions. And we're not talking about... 4k high def definitions we're talking Damn, we're like television. talking about like shredders wall televisions i'll get those turtles and he's there's like hundreds of 80s style tvs stacked on top of each other yes a lot of old school televisions there's vhs tapes around and the grain of the video or the the picture quality in the television looks very like you said from the 80s or maybe even at the early earliest maybe even early 90s at the latest okay yeah. so what happens is each of these screens has different people's lives it's kind of like the truman show a lot of different people's lives are being followed by will again played by winston duke and he, from all of these tv screens he can see their lives unfold chronologically so that's an interesting premise will's job is to actually when one of the television's tv sets goes off that means someone dies so as soon as someone dies it's Will's job to find a person to actually replace the TV set, meaning he needs to find a human being to follow. And the only way he can do this is there's basically about, I'd say maybe four or five people who come to Will to see if they get the privilege to become human beings. So even though we see them from Will's vantage point as, as human beings, they're not really human beings yet. They're, they look like adults but they are fighting for the chance to become human beings. Only one of them will make it. So it's a big contest. Only one of these Five people. Five inner, one Shelly. <laughs> it sounds like some kind of octagon or Chuck Norris <laughs> film or, or Jennifer. It, it, it's almost kind of like a, a live action version of Soul. The yes. Disney Soul. That's yeah. really similar premise. And it's also got a little bit of uh, Seventh Seal in there too. Very cool Seventh Seal from Igmar Bergman. Yeah. Yes. And which yeah. which also is another movie that like didn't grab me, but grabbed me later. You know, yeah, it's got the seventh seal because a lot of this is about ideas, talking ideas, and what it means to be human. What you know, what it, uh, what you would do in certain situations and whatnot. And uh, 
I mean, it's it's definitely insightful. Did speaking? Okay, did you a- actually get to see the connection with Zazie Beats? Zazie Beats plays one of the individuals who wants to become a human being. So Zazie Beats has oh. a very big role in this. Did you see a link among Zazie Beats? Benedict Wong, he also stars in the movie as sort of pretty much the best de facto close friend of Will's. Yeah. And he and he has a little bit of surprise uh, surprise about his character that I'm not going to mention, even though I'm sure he, he's mentioned in the like the movie descriptions. I mean, there's a surprise about him that's that comes at the beginning of the movie that I don't want to spoil. But he yeah. plays a friend of Will's. But what what does what do Benedict Wong, Zazie Beats, and Winston Duke have in common? Uh, the, well, the, this is clearly a backdoor Doctor Strange movie with Domino and uh, whoever he played in Black Panther. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so they're all they're all MCU characters, and you know, yeah. Benedict Wong, I believe, was in uh, was in Doctor Strange. So all of these yeah. are MCU actors. Okay, and but this is not an MCU movie, even though it has a premise of a supernatural kind of thing. It kind of could be, though. I mean, kinda, yeah. Yeah, like it, like with the uh, I haven't watched the Loki, but like from what I've seen on that, and then the surreal the WandaVision, like yeah. this could very easily be like a backdoor Doctor Strange movie, right? And you know, we had no idea. Now, in fairness, listeners to Eric's has no. I mean, you don't even know if you're going to recommend this or not. You're sort of in, on the fence. It I, wasn't. I, I I would recommend it. The the only the only reason I started off with it the way I did was to. Let people know that, like, I didn't like watching it this time, but I think that has more to do with the where my brain was at the time of watching it, as opposed to it being the movie itself. That's great. Okay, that's a great thing because when I when I started watching the screener, I, I actually saw this on my iPad, listeners. So I was in a very reflective, somber mood, thinking about grief and life. And if you're in that introspective mode, nine days is perfect for you. It opens yeah. in L.A., New York. July 30th. It's a perfect movie if you can let go of some of the the film's artifice. It's a very you can actually if you're in a very bad mood, you can look at this movie as very pretentious and slow paced and to, it overthinks its, itself. But if you if you get swept away in the actual fabric of Nine Days, I think you can ultimately be touched and and it's I, I can actually have a resonant. I, you can get a lot from this. I, I got I personally got a lot from this movie. The ending of the film. Where we see because Will and another thing, Eric, to your point, what's frustrating about this movie is Will's character. He's so closed off from life that there's really not much to go with his character. He's just you get frustrated with him. It's easy to get (laughs) right. I wanted to choke him the entire movie. Of course, of course. And then because the people are like, "What do you want?" He's like, "There is no wrong answer." It's like, "Go fuck yourself." There's Mm -hmm. five souls here, and only one of them go. The four, the other four go. Who knows where? And you're going to be as flippant as. There are no wrong answers. Bullshit. My soul's on the line. Fuck you. Exactly. Tell me he, what I need to he do. He was being kind of, he was being, being pretty, let's face it, he was being pretty much of a dick for, uh, throughout a lot of the movie. We're yeah. not going to mention what happened in the third act, but in my opinion, it's, it was amazing. It was very emotionally resonant for me. And it was, it's probably the final act. It will be by the end of this year, it'll, it'll actually be one of the, my favorite moments in cinema this year. As a whole, I really enjoyed Nine Days. I give it a strong recommend it, recommendation. Eric, even though you were not in the right frame of mind for this movie, I'm glad you actually at least gave it a, a recommendation. Yeah I, yeah, I think the, the premise is solid, and I think a lot of people get a lot out of it. And if you're like me and you're just not in the mood to watch it, then <laughs> you're going to watch it go, fuck this movie. But I, 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 I think it's a good movie. I, I just don't think I was in the, like I said, I think my problems with this movie are my fault and not the movie's fault. So I don't want to, I don't want to give it bad marks 
you know, just because yeah. I, you know, it, let's say, let's say you just, uh, let's say you get gotten a bad di- divorce and then you got to go watch a movie at the theater. Cause you already got the ticket. And it's like, Oh fuck. And then uh-huh. you watch the movie and you're like, fuck this movie. Fuck. And like the whole time you're thinking about the, your shitty relationship and the movies it's, <laughs> And the movie's cram- you can't blame the movie for that. It's it's just like I'm just here playing, like I'm you know yeah. And you're watching Kramer versus Kramer with that ticket you got. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be really bad. Now Bruce Perky's review of Nine Days, he says Winston Duke is amazing and needs to be in everything. At first, I was iffy on this. Why VHS tapes? Why box TVs? Then we meet all the candidates. I was on board. Then the movie happened. A bit too meandering and somber. I loved quote. The last moments, but overall, slight a slight recommend. Hipster heaven, artisanal afterlife. My goodness, <laughs> I Artis- mean, artisanal. That, that, fuck, why isn't Bruce here? Bruce needs to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's uh, yeah. So that artisanal afterlife, at least recommend from Eric. Strong recommend from me. Slight recommend from Bruce with a with a caveat. We have to throw in caveats every week with a caveat that Bruce calls Ooh. it hipster heaven. Yes, Eric Holmes. The caveat for that that uh, I mentioned might be talking about that next week. Oh, oh next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> it so should have been talking about this the week, but I will not do that to Bruce. I will not talk about that movie without him. <laughs> Listeners, I have bad news. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Maybe, maybe I'll actually see a caveat for next week. Also, for next week, we were going to do a Valapalooza thing, but maybe I think we're going to do a Val- Valapalooza segment within next week's episode because Bruce actually recommended for a couple movies. So, But next week, as far as our Find Your Film episode, each of us, we're going to pick one Val Kilmer movie we love and we'll do a special Valapalooza segment. And we're talking yeah. because that's in celebration of the Amazon Prime video release of the documentary Val. Do Valapalooza and then Caveatapalooza and then Green Nightapalooza. <laughs> Green Nightapalooza. It's going to be a finder film of Palooza next week. You know what? I've got to really actually leave the friggin' house and watch the Green Knight because I'm a huge fan of what is it? Um, I, I love Excalibur. Oh, what yeah. I love I love those kind of movies, and I think this movie looks like it's going to be something special. At least I hope so. You know. So now here's the bad news, Eric, and I think we have to un- announce this to our listeners. The next two movies we're going to cover, they're not fun. Valapalooza. They're not fun. No, no, this is not fun. Twisty stuff. These are all pretty much in in many ways depressing movies. They do have the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit. Eric, do you think are we going to be able to get through these next two movies? What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I'll tell you what. I got I got something super popcorn, uh, super light and fluffy for the end of it. So we'll Okay. We'll, we'll uh it, it, we we won't end on any of these two. We'll we'll end with something nice and fluffy. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to do this justice because the, with this region, I am pretty ignorant, but this is from MTV documentary films it's called sabaya it's quote a riveting portrait of courage under fire directed by hogir horori and i apologize to hogir if i'm mispronouncing the name but it's called a docu thriller and it centers on a group of volunteers and they work at this place called the yazidi home center and they risk their lives to save yazidi women and girls who have been held captive by ISIS and they're used by ISIS Islamic state. They, they are used as sex slaves. Hence the movie title, the documentary title Sabaya. I hope I'm pronouncing that as well correctly, but Sabaya means sex slave. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta actually comprehend this. These are just normal everyday be- human beings. One of them is you get to see really the life of this guy, Mahmoud. He's one of the leaders of the Yazidi home center. And he, he and a couple of other 
workers there, volunteers, they go into these camps filled with Yazidi women, okay, and they try to rescue them from the clutches of, of their enemies, okay? The Daesh, D-A-E-S-H, okay? Because the Daesh, they, they actually hold them and they use them as sabayas. And here's the thing that's tricky. When they go into the camps, some of these women who are, they, they can't show their face, um, they're, you can't see them. They actually have to, act, they, they need infiltrators within the camp, women infiltrators who help these people from the home center find these sabayas, rescue them from the camp. It's a very dangerous op- operation. If they're caught, they're probably going to be killed. There's going to be retribution. So they're risking their lives to save these women. And sometimes these women, they're not just women. They're, they're also little girls. There are, there are some little girls who they, they rescue as well. Eric, your thoughts on Sabaya? Um, very tough movie for, for me to watch. I'm sure it was tough for you yeah. to watch as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not, a, uh, not a picnic for sure. But it's, uh, I love that it, it highlights the uh, heroes that are involved in this. I mean, there's you, you want to talk about superheroes. It's these people going in, the, the people looking for them, the women that uh, get out of that and then have to go back into it to kind of infiltrate it. This thing is just harrowing. It almost feels like a suicide mission, whether what both the infiltrators and the people from the home center are doing. And they, and, and yeah. the the fact that like there's so much gunplay in this, and like everyone's kind of okay. You know when you hear a car alarm go off, yeah, and it's like oh that again. All right, don't worry, it'll go off. Beep, beep. Okay, cool, it's it's done. That's kind of how they treat gunfire in this. Like, all right, so we need to do. Pow, pow, pow. It'll it'll go away. Don't go outside. It's dangerous. But anyway, so you know, like yeah. uh, all the all this stuff is happening around them, and they're kind of like so almost bored with it to a degree. Like like this is this is a lot of this is stuff that would just crush someone's soul, but they've been in it so long that uh, this is just this is just what we do. And but at the same time, like the the main guy, like. Moving, his yeah. wife's all, always telling him, dude, take a day off. And it's like, I can't, I can't. There's, there's people out there that need me. And so he's, he's never, you know, he's never, uh, he's never lost why he's doing it. But at the same time, like all, all this, all this terrible stuff that's going around with him, Like, it's almost like he couldn't be, it, it, it appears to be that um, it's just his day to day, you know, it's like clocking in and, doing stuff on your computer to him uh, not even we, we talk there are computers in this movie but let's stress the fact that Mahmoud does not have the latest iphone he has a flip phone folks he has a flip phone and they are working whatever and he's probably texting texting the old school way it's it's very harrowing what they're they're a Mahmoud and his colleagues are going through a harrowing experience and they do not have all the most advanced tech on their side and they're going, they're, when they go into these camps, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Sometimes their missions will fail. If the missions fail, they're, A, they might not find one of these women, okay, or, or kids. And if they don't, what's even worse, they may not find them and they may get killed in the process. Yeah. So this or, is- Or worse than that, they find them and they're going there and they get found out and they leave. And now they got to go back and start all the way from- from the beginning because like if they if they catch on to their scent yep and the people that they're chasing and they're gone then that they're fucked and, yeah, and, and so, all the all those women that are with them are even buried deeper and this can be even more difficult to find them i should also point out and this is kind of like not really the point of the movie but it needs to be said this movie looked gorgeous 
the, right. the, this felt like watching Sicario, but like the like if Sicario was a documentary, this kind of felt a lot like that. Right. Especially like the scene where they they uh, get one of the uh, the, the Sabayas and they have her in the the back of the SUV and they're driving they're like there's someone following us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, oh god. My heart's <laughs> oh, no. beating is like, all right, be be cool. It'll be oh no, they're shooting at us. No, and, don't worry about it. <laughs> and you just see two menacing lights, headlights in the distance. Yeah. From the but, but that, that that's just it. The people in the car are like are like that's just what they're used to. Meanwhile, yeah. it, I'm sure you felt the same way. I watched it go, oh my god, what's gonna happen? I'm, I don't want to give too much weight to there's there's there, there are fires in this movie that yeah. will freak you out. And Eric, to your point, a lot of these people, they see tragedy before them. And this is what Bruce said about it. Sabaya, sobering, sometimes tense. It highlights how ordinary and mundane the horrors of ISIS and the abuse of women has become. Everyone yeah. involved seems numb, harrowing. I think that's yeah. perfect. You, like you said, Eric, and, and what Bruce said, this movie... These citizens, they are so numb to the horrors of war of, you know, whether it be the Sabayas or the volunteers in this and the home center. It, it's shocking and, and uh, to see what they're going through, but they, they don't seem like they're panicking. And that makes yeah. me panic even more, I guess. <laughs> you know? Well, on, on top of that, like the, is this person here? Nope. Never seen him before. Well, we're going to check in there anyway. Oh, look, here she is. I've never seen her before. It's like, you motherfucker! Like, uh, uh, are, 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 are those are those people working for them, or are they just? I yeah, I, I don't get how people can be that evil to each other. It's not a good light to shine on humanity, but it exists, so I guess you kind of have to. Well, Sabaya, in many ways, is the value-added documentary. All good documentaries are. This is one of these movies that, if even though it is like Bruce and Eric have been saying, it's harrowing. I think it's it, it's a solid recommend. I really. I really recommend this documentary. But Eric, yeah. The the prisons. Um, were those the Johns or the uh some of them were the Johns, yeah, the Daesh. Some of them remember okay. the Daesh and the that, actually... like they have that small one where there was like a, a like a, the the room should hold like maybe sixty people, but there's probably about two, three, four hundred people and they're all like piled on top of each other, like just normal. Uh, like it's a normal yeah. day. Oh my goodness. This is there there are images. I remember even Bruce when he first saw it, he said, Warning, this movie broke me. So yeah. it's one of those movies that could break you. I still that said, Eric, do we have any warnings for people who w- might want to see Sabaya? Anything? I, I, I mean, if you listen to it up till now, I, th- I think you got kind of an idea of what you're walking into. This is uh, <laughs> yeah. the um, the best way I could sum it up is uh, something one of the one of the Sabayas said uh, rescued some, the women that got rescued. She was saying to the camera, "It's like you're going to hear about me someday, and you're going to hear that I've killed myself." Oh jeez, yeah. That's I mean that's how bleak this movie is. Yeah. Even when they even when they save them, that's not the end of the story. And she says it with no emotion. She says it yeah. like she's ordering a bag of potato chips. Yeah. And, and it's just like dead serious like no I'm not I'm not this is not a cry for help. This is what will happen. Like I'm just counting the days at this point. Oh my gosh, yeah. You're right. It it'd be interesting to see a follow up to what happened to these women when they returned home to their respective families. Sabaya opens in New York and Los Angeles this Friday, July 30th. A lot of you will probably be seeing this when it comes out via streaming or on demand. Wow. What powerful film. Strong recommend for me. I'm assuming strong recommend for you too, Eric. Oh, yeah. Solid recommend. Okay. You know, I think Bruce just messaged us on on, uh, 
Oh, he, he actually quit the show. And I think he just said he's only from now on, he's only going to do one line movie reviews for us during the pod. So it's only going to be me and you from now on, Eric, this I, is your time to jump ship if you want to, buddy. What I, do you think? I, I should have, uh, I should have mentioned the with Sabaya, um, just to go back to nine days. Yeah. Who the hell? Okay. You're the one that gets a human body. And then they become one of the people that, that kidnaps the woman. And oh, let, let, oh, oh, on nine days, I, like who, who yeah. gets? Yeah, okay, all right. But and that actually, that's kind of why these two sort of work well together. But as I'm watching Sabaya, because they they uh, have a lot of yeah. children in there. They yes, and, uh-huh. and I'm looking at them like, oh, you know, cute little children. But as the movie goes on, then they start showing children. I'm like, are they going to grow up to be a good person, like the the main guy that we're following, or are they going to grow up to be? one of the kidnappers because you look at kids, you know, you, you look at potential, you look at their sweetness and innocence and all that. Not all of them are going to turn out so good. Some of them at every, every piece of shit in Sabaya was once a child, once a sweet, innocent child. And okay, that's- Eric, I am now more depressed. Thank <laughs> you. We are now ending this episode of find your film. Bruce, Perky, where are you? I thought we would be fine just without you. It would have been hard without that extra voice, but suddenly Eric, because he mentioned the seven seal, he is now suddenly the grim reaper and he's pull- throwing down death, death. All right, Greg, your move. Night to be one. <laughs> okay, that is a chess reference, which is reference in the Seven Seal. I'm sure probably a lot terrible chess reference, but one nonetheless. <laughs> okay, all right, folks, that is something else. We're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna go on this misery train, this miserable misery sadness train, and I, I mean this actually in a good way. Hopefully, with Lorelai, this movie, it's written and directed by Sabrina Doyle. It stars Jenna Malone. And Pablo Schreiber, you might know Pablo Schreiber for his work in Den of Thieves and Jenna Malone. She's been in a whole lot of movies. I'm, I know what movie Eric Holmes is going to reference with Jenna Malone. He's going Contact. to reference Contact. Oh, okay. I don't. Okay. She, she was the she was the uh, young girl in Contact. Uh, Very good. Okay. I thought you were going to mention the Neon Demon. That was the other one. That was the other one. <laughs> that was, anyways, both of them are very good actors. Okay. Here's a premise. After 15 years in jail, Wayland, 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 played by Pablo Schreiber, Schreiber, he's, he gets out of jail. He's released, and he goes back to a small town somewhere out, out there. What, what would you say, Eric? It's it's out there in um in the middle of the mountains. It's a mountain town. It's it's a really like Oregon type, right? It's like an Oregon type town kind of thing. If it was on the same area that uh, Death of Dick Long took place in, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, that well, that wouldn't be in Oregon. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, but it's it's a very it's an interesting town. It's a, it's a small town, not too much opportunities job-wise, very small. But anyways, Wayland, he doesn't have many opportunities because he is just a, he is a just released convict. And he immediately gets a sort of a, a place of shelter in a parish home where he's going to do some odds and ends. But, there, but within maybe a week or so, he meets Dolores, his high school flame, played by Jenna Malone. want you to be bullied. I don't want that for you. Just put it on. No. Did you just spit at me? Are you, where did you, did you teach him that? No. Where did you learn that? Leave him alone, Lola. Can't you see you're hurting him? You stay out of, no, you stay out of it. No one even wants you here. Well, it's my house. It's not your house. You don't own it and you're behind on rent. When did you become so nasty? I learned from the best. And what does that mean? Means your own kid can't stand me in the same room as you. Fine. 
Well, then you take care of him, then. It'll be good practice for when you get pregnant in the next two years. I'm 12 years old. I'm a kid. I am fucking kids, Lola. That was Granny's face, you little piece of shit. Calm that down. Was Granny's Calm face. Down. Let me fucking go. That's enough. Clean that up. Until, Let me fucking no. go. Not until you calm down. Smell like diesel and cheap perfume, you fucking asshole. I hate you! I know! And Dolores, we find out, is also a mother of children, three kids. And that is a. Yeah, <laughs> and then Eric Holmes, for you uh, audio audiophiles, he actually put mother in quotes. Dolores and Wayland, when they were teenagers they had dreams of moving to los angeles leaving their their small town and moving to los angeles and checking out the ocean and the beach and living the sunny life of california as a resident of los angeles and sunny california since i was 10 i wish i could tell waylon and dolores that dream is actually a nightmare because there's a lot of things that's, that's not to love about california everyone says great weather but there's a lot more maybe it might be only a place to visit well eric you've been to You've been to Los Angeles. You've visited. What do you mm-hmm. think? What do you think of LA? I, I loved it. Loved it. Okay. You were there. Anderson was there. Andrew Martin was there. Yeah. Travis Samary was there. Like I, I met a lot of cool people there. You know what? When when we met the first time, Eric, did I leave a good impression? Because I, I, I was yeah. just getting well, to know you. You already you already left your impression through cinematic. So oh, thank and, you, and the and the Facebook page, which if you're listening to this, you should check out the <laughs> cinematics Facebook page. <laughs> You should Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky are pretty much the de facto admin because during the week I I just leave Eric and and Bruce to pretty much run the site for the Facebook group because of the they're the real movie fans, not me. I'm off losing thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency. So that's we're not gonna we're gonna strike that. No, I'm no, I'm doing okay in cryptocurrency, <laughs> but I'm I'm an addict. Speaking of addicts, there's a lot of addiction involved in this in Lorelei, whether it be an addiction to possibly going back into crime, possibly with Wayland. Dolores may be addicted to the past because she wants to actually maybe change her life because being a mother, a single mother of three takes a toll, would take a toll on anybody. That's yeah. the premise of Lorelei. It seems like a story that we've heard before in cinema and television a million times. And I want to ask you, Eric. It's a very familiar story, even with its predictability and it's told so many times. Did this movie hit right for you? Yeah. And that probably has to do with uh, my brother's situation, uh, which isn't exactly like this, but there's uh, there's some parallels um, as far as um, because usually you get the story and it's the it's the other way around. It's the deadbeat dad. And then yes. and then the, the woman taking over. You don't usually see the the version of this where the dad's stepping up as a parent and the mom's a deadbeat. And actually in this case, the dad's not even the parent in this case. Like, right. you know, he's just a, he was just a old flame and that, you know, got, got saddled with someone else's kids. And, but, you know, he kind of, you know, he, he falls in love with them, you know, not in a weird way, not in a Sabaya way, but like in an actual life. <laughs> not a, no, not in a Sabaya way. No, no, no. Not, not, yeah, there's none of that in here. <laughs> you know what? One of these days I'm going to start, if I ever start dating again, you know what? I'm going to say to the, the woman I love, you know what? Um, let's just say callers. Who was? You said Sally. Sally, I really love you, but not in a Sabaya way. <laughs> 
What that's, does that mean? No, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is kind of heartbreaking and kind of got me angry. At the uh, oh, the parole officer, like because you you follow this guy and you kind of know where his heart is and where his mind is, and like he's still you know running drugs and stuff. But you know what the what the fuck else is he supposed to do? He just got out of prison. He lost his job. Well, he shouldn't do. That's easy for you to say. You know, people make mistakes. And as long as that mistake isn't hurting children or murdering someone, I think you should, you know, you should be able to, if you go to jail, you should be able to get out and have a fresh start. That's how that's supposed to work. But that's not what happens. And that's not what what happens to him. And so he's got, um, you know, he's trying to make ends meet. And now he's got this, he's basically, as his family just dropped on his lap, you know, it's not his kids. It's his ex-girl, you know, his ex-girlfriend from high school. And now uh, she's kind of not really a fit mom. And he's got to take, he's got to take the rain. So look, I guess I got to run drugs. Well, where'd you get all that money? Dude, don't fucking ask. I'm trying to get my shit together and right, I got to right. do it. However the hell I got to do it. And I don't need you air quote helping me, especially after, well, we won't talk about that part, but it, right this movie gets uh this movie goes pretty much everywhere and i think a lot of it was true the very end maybe not so much that was a little too optimistic for me but um right but you know i'm gonna I think, I, I think overall this movie was uh pretty felt pretty honest well listeners uh, tell us what you think of the ending of lorelei if you do see it because you, you eric said had an optimistic read about Lorelai, which I find to be very interesting as well. Because the the ending of Lorelai, without giving too much away, can be open ended. I I yeah. saw it in a I saw it in a different way, and you and I will talk about it after we we're done recording. But for me, Lorelai. Ooh, more- ooh, let, let's do a spoiler after we're done because <laughs> <Well, let's laughs> I, I, I do I do think this is worth getting into because I think okay, I might know will. where you're going with this. We will do we will do a, a little mini spoiler after this. Okay, so look, this is we're going to do a mini spoiler, Eric, because we're going to say this. You recommend this movie, correct? Yes. I recommend this movie too. You know, I'm surprised. Were you surprised that you recommended this movie because we've seen this movie before or, or not? Um, I, I, well, I don't think we have seen this movie before because uh, yeah. we've seen versions of this, but mm-hmm. it, it, this is, this is where you kind of reverse the generals and, you know, you know, sometimes you reverse the generals on something innocuous and it doesn't really do anything, but in yeah, this it's more cosmetic, it's more of a cosmetic. Yeah. Thing. The, this right. would be a, this would be a gender reverse role where it kind of means something because now you can take it in different directions. You can explore different things that we haven't really explored before. It'd be like the, it'd be like the, uh, well, it's not general, but like a race swap, like a black Superman, for example, inherently now that you have a black Superman, you have different stories you can tell, you know, uh, there's different avenues you can take with that, with this, you know, with, with the deadbeat mother and the, the, the man coming into, you know, his own, be a a surrogate father. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, the only time you get surrogate father stories is kind of like Frankenstein stories where like a mad scientist makes his little android and it's like, oh, I'm a surrogate father to or like Pinocchio stories like you get surrogate father stories like that. But I, I don't or goofy it, dad. He's so lovable stories. Those kind of. Like, yeah. 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 But, but yeah. It, I, I don't recall. And maybe there are some that exist and I'm just not thinking of it, which is very possible. My brain suck most of no, the time i don't see but, many of these type but, of but uh the, 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 this, had a, this yeah. had a 
this had a very nice uh, take on it. And it's, it's really similar to what my brother and my nephew went through. And so uh, the, I mean, the, it, just on a personal note, it hit home for me uh, quite a bit. And it hit home and it, and it actually, I love the fact that it wasn't, it could have been heavy handed and it didn't hit you over the head with a message. Yeah. Right? And, may, and maybe it is to some, but it, it wasn't to me. It, it, it felt pretty honest all the way through. Movie Except for that last bit, but we'll get in. We're, we're going to get to the last bit. I thought the last bit, well, oh, I'm going to, listeners, you got to see Lorelai in select theaters and on demand because I think you might have, you said like the optimism part, there's a, there's something I, I would love. I wish I actually actually got to inter- interview the filmmaker again. It's written and directed by Sabrina Doyle. We should definitely ask her about the ending because it's so open-ended. I thought it was a, a genius stroke. And I'm going to tell you why I thought it was a genius stroke after we're done recording this episode. And maybe we'll, we'll leave that audio for people who actually do see Lorelai again in theaters on demand July 30th. Wanted to mention a couple of things. Bruce's take on Lorelai. Every cliche in the poverty porn book. <laughs> the middle child was by far the most engaging character. Groan inducing symbolism, smacking the wall with my forehead. Just no. <laughs> Bruce Perky. Well, he, he, here's the here's the thing about the uh, uh, what 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 do you say? Does Bruce cliche, Perky need? Does he need a cliche? heart operation, Eric? Does no, Bruce no, he's not wrong. But what I think what he's missing, and uh, in areas like that, in people within that kind of community, they are cliche ridden. So <laughs> it's you know it's uh, he's, Bruce isn't wrong. But also, that's probably the most honest take you could have on those characters, I think. That is a very good read, Eric. Also, we forgot to mention, you mentioned the middle child. Those kids were, were really well, I thought they were well written. They're, they're yeah. actually, I think that, don't you think that adds a lot to the story? If they, yeah. they're not your stock character kids. So yeah. you got the, the one kid that said, you know, trans. And, yep. and they're, com- you know, completely cool with it. Uh, I, I think at one point. I mean, they, mean binary or trans or what? It just it's a he yeah. she kind of situation and it's but i mean like the, dresses yeah like like, like uh hey wear, wear boys clothes i don't want to make fun of you but you know for the most like there's that scene but then they come around but that that's not even what the movie's about that's just one more thing that uh, that the three kids are going through at any given at any given time and you get to see how he takes care of it and you get to see how the mom reacts to it and you know and and they're varying degrees it's not like the mom like even though she's a deadbeat mom she doesn't make the wrong decisions all the time sometimes she does the right thing and you know it's it's the guy that fucks up and but also the guys in the weird positions is like and now my kids i can't you know i i'm not in a position to be able to tell you what to do and what not to do until he is in that position then it's it's not a good not not an easy thing to be in well i'm glad you really enjoyed this movie i really enjoyed this movie as well i'm good eric i'm going to say there's this one moment where their characters wailing again played by pablo schreiber and dolores played by jenna malone they're out i believe they're out i believe on the front porch of the house and it is a big maybe a four to five minute seems like it, it seems like a big exposition dump where they're talking about their past lives and everything and Usually when these exposition dumps happen within a story, I just roll my eyes and go, here we go. We have to talk about it, about all of this stuff, unnecessary dialogue. When that exposition dump is acted by Jenna Malone and Pablo Schreiber, it actually feels real. So yeah. it's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it's not as bad. It's like w- when there's a voiceover, but it's Morgan Freeman doing it. 
you you don't mind you don't mind so when jenna malone and pablo schreiber they can do as many exposition dumps as much as they want to because they're both amazing actors and they're both amazing in this yeah so I, I, also I, I can't remember if it was in that scene or not but like the uh oh we had something real special didn't we oh we were really doing it weren't we i was like what are you talking oh they're talking about your relationship that's bit arrogant much you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like what our our love we have the thing we got going on everybody needs to know about this shit. <laughs> it's like it, but i mean to bruce's point that's that's a total cliche but also to my point people totally do that like all like i've seen that more times than i can count and every time i see it, i roll my eyes going oh god you guys are you guys got domestic violence in your future i can tell <laughs> So that is, okay, again, that's on demand, on digital, in theaters. Let me see. In theaters, that is Lorelei in select theaters and on demand July 30th. So excited for you guys to see this. Tell us, tell me, Bruce and Eric, what you think of the movie. We, we're hoping, me and Eric, we're hoping that you really enjoy this movie. Okay, so, and then you can get back to Bruce and say, Bruce, what were you thinking with Lorelai? That movie really, really works. Poverty uh, the, 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 the The weird thing is that... Uh... The, everything Bruce said is right, <laughs> but <laughs> but I just you know um, yeah. Okay, it, so- it, it, it's weird how that works, isn't it? It's like everything you said is correct. It's just you didn't like it, and I did, or vice, you know, what, whatever the case. But like, that, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that is very very weird. So that is that. I, that I was is- gonna bring I was gonna bring something about up about Sabaya again, but I decided not. To. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't Sabaya me. Okay, I love you, but not in a Sabaya way. Is something I'm gonna I'm gonna think about using for the rest of my life. Also, oh, before we get to your your recommendation of the week, before we close the show, Eric Holmes, I'm gonna give my very quick recommendation because it also opens up July 30th, and I. I'm actually sad that I, I didn't get you guys screening links because you guys were, were watching so many movies this week. Last minute, I received a screening link for this movie called F- Fully Realized Humans. It's written by Joshua Leonard and Jess we- uh, Wexler, or Wexler, Wexler, I believe. And they've worked before together in a movie called The Lie. Okay. And Joshua Leonard also directs Fully Realized Humans. Very simple plot. Hold on, I'm going to cough one second. <clears throat> They're a married couple. Okay, Jackie, played by Jess Wexler, she is pregnant, eight months pregnant, and they realize from their friends on the ba- the bridal shower, the baby shower, they tell them that their lives will not be the same after they have the baby. So they decide, with one month ago, with or maybe several weeks ago, they decide to actually have the life that they want to lead, and by the time the baby's born, they want to be quote fully realized humans. That is the premise of the movie. This is something that you might appreciate. The director and co-writer Joshua Leonard, who's also the star along with Jess Wexler in this movie, is uh, he says this movie, he calls it a script meant. And what that means is it's not a script. It's not a treatment. Pretty much most of the movie is improvised. Oh, and it's, it's a script meant, right? Really only 76 minutes, lo-fi indie set in Los Angeles. Excellent, excellent movie. I was really laughing and I highly recommend this movie. When it comes out, I, I actually interviewed them and I'm going to put up the interview up on deepestream.com. Again, opens July 30th. I, I forgot how to pronounce their names, Wexler or Wexler. Wexler, Jess Wexler and Joshua Leonard. They're very, very good in, in this movie. Go check it out. And um, yeah, that's it. That's my final recommendation for that week. And how about yours? What's your recommendation to close out the show, Eric? 
So uh, we've talked about many harrowing things, and uh, we'll talk about the most harrowing thing that I seen this week. Uh oh, and that is Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Tell uh, us what is that? What's the uh, He Man? Um, so Kevin Smith was working on the He Man thing for uh, Netflix, and I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of Kevin Smith, so. I was like, oh, he's doing He-Man. Oh, I used to watch He-Man when I was a kid. And I, I guess his whole pitch for it was, uh, like, when you watch He-Man as a kid, like, you think it's real. And then you grow up and become an adult and you go back and watch it. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But, like, the, the He-Man that was in my mind was, like, you know, serious business. And so that's kind <laughs> of the, that, that's the kind of tone they were taking. It's still a kid show. You know, you can still show the kids Masters of the Universe. But uh, they they uh, they take some uh, they, t- they take some turns for sure on this and some ballsy turns. Um, first episode, uh, He Man Skeletor die. <laughs> so, oh, what? <laughs> normally that wouldn't be a spoiler, but this is first episode, and so it's it's basically follows uh, Tila um, because uh, He Man dies while fighting Skeletor. They both do, and then so she finds out. Uh, they go and tell the the king and queen that uh, that oh yeah He Man dies and they start they start crying and they're like oh my son and then Teal's like your son and then she puts it together oh He Man and Prince Adam are the same person wait a second why the fuck didn't you tell me about this like <laughs> I've got that I, I trust this guy to have my back in battle I could die. And you guys have been lying to me about it. And so, like, Tilo's just like, you know what? I'm, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you choose to hide stuff from me, especially after you promoted me and all. And so, uh, you know, she, she kind of goes and becomes a mercenary. And, uh, you know, there, there's uh, five episodes total. The ending, oh, the ending leaves on a cliffhanger that is fun as <laughs> Okay, but but you're and, gonna want more I, though. I mean, is it kind of frustrating to leave on that and, and just want wanting more? It kind of is, but I kind of also wish that that was the last episode. That to me, this it to me, this is like the last Jedi or the Iron Man three of like He Man, where the nerds hate uh, probably hate this. I know some of them do, but that has stuff to do with that has nothing to do with uh, the show itself. But uh, yeah, this is this is just like take that like. The reason I don't like the MCU movies is that they don't have any balls. They don't do anything that affects the characters. It's just, you know, a commercial for the next one, which is the commercial for the next one after that and so on and so forth. And where I think uh, Last Jedi, Iron Man 3, and now this He-Man, or the Masters of the Universe, rather, uh, show, you know, they take they take chances, you know, they they... They have the characters that everyone knows, but then they play with them. We're going to do something a little different. You know, it's still something you can recognize, but we're going to do something that's, you know, this might be a little more interesting. I don't like it. Well, too bad. <laughs> Maybe next time it comes around, then they'll do the boring version of it. But for me, this is definitely worth watching. I think the kids can watch it. Tila is a character, is a pretty badass character. So you get that. We talked about earlier in this episode about the, the gender, gender swap. Yeah. Now, it's not really a gender switch gender um, swap. Yeah, traditionally bad. because she's not like a female He-Man, but she just kind of takes over that role in this So because uh, He-Man's dead. <laughs> so, That's so cool. Uh, yeah, they, I, I I would definitely recommend this. Uh, it's not, you know, you know what you're doing. Might might, might not be what you. It's not going to be what you're expecting, 
but I think that works in his favor. And it's also got the silly, it, it, it doesn't, you know, even though it takes chances and it gets serious, it's not afraid to get silly. Because mm-hmm. old, old He-Man cartoons were silly and had, you know, stupid, punny jokes. It still has all that. It's, But I think that also is, to me, it was a lot more fun because uh, it had the, you know, had some uh, good uh, story and character work uh, to go along with it. So I kind of, I kind of appreciated the dad jokes when they didn't pop in. Oh, you know what? Speaking of dads, here it comes. <laughs> I, I just got this on, on, uh, on, on, uh, on via email next week because we're going to do Valapalooza. Here's the thing as part of our find your film episode, I just got, I'm going to interview the filmmakers for Val five minutes each, very, very small, but I'm also going to interview Jack and Mercedes Kilmer for five minutes. And I, I think we, we're going to have to ask Jack and Mercedes to name their favorite Val Kilmer movies. And maybe we'll add that to the show for next week. What do you think? I'll, I'll, I'll have a bunch of also rants, so I don't pick the same ones they do. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be next Tuesday, folks. So, so we're going to weave that. The Kilmers, the son and daughter of Val Kilmer, we're going to weave, hopefully if everything works out, their own Val Kilmer picks into our Val Kilmer episode, which will be part of next week's Find Your Film episode. So we miss Bruce a lot. And again, Masters of the Universe, uh, that is Netflix, like uh, Eric, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that where they can? Yep. Okay. There's five hundred one Netflix, and I think there's going to be a part two at some point. But you know, who knows? Maybe the maybe the nerds snuff that out. Who knows? I I, I don't know. But I, I think it's really worth watching, and uh, it's always remarkable and worth saying out loud when someone takes a property that otherwise would just be boring and does something cool with it. Yeah, you know, in in many ways, that's like respect. You respect the original. Yeah, by by going a completely different direction, but then also keep like you said, it keeps some of that tone from the original as well. So people can actually maybe go back to the original as well and, and see it in a different light, which is cool. Here, here's something I I haven't seen Black Widow, so I don't know if it's good or not. Maybe it's great, maybe it's terrible. I don't know because I haven't seen it. But I can tell you what I haven't heard. Yes. Holy shit. I was not expecting him to do that in a Black Widow movie. Had not heard of one person say that. You know, you know who I heard that from on Masters of the Universe? Almost everyone that saw Masters of the Universe. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. Oh, it's thing. a very good thing. And it's not gonna be for everyone, but you know, fuck it. <laughs> you know, okay, look, I'm not knocking Twist, okay? I, I recommend Twist. The thing about Twist though is it's a it's an entertaining movie. But it doesn't upend expectations. I mean, there's a couple no. of things that are cool, but it's a fun, light entertainment. Yeah. There is a room. There is room for that. My only problem with that is, like you were saying, with Master of the, of the Universe movies, like Lorelai, things that actually tweak it and make us roll. They're basically rolling the, the dice. We can either love or hate it by with these kind of yeah. twists. And I, I, I got to give these kind of movies and projects props for doing that. Yeah. So, but but also like something like Twist isn't. We're not bombarded with Oliver Twist movies. This isn't like the the fiftieth Oliver Twist movie in two years. Fair. Um, yeah. You know something like Superman or MCU stuff. Like we know, we know, we've seen it. Like you've done it a million times. So, uh, you know, it, you can have a little more latitude with something like Twist to just be a fun movie. You know, update it and have fun with the with the parkour and the the heist and everything. But it, I think when you're dealing with uh, like uh, properties that people have just mined to death to mine it more doesn't make sense. Like if you're mm. going to do it, fucking do something with it. Otherwise, what's the point? 
Yeah. You know what's being mined a lot these days? What's that? Bitcoin. Bitcoin is currently at. Okay, sorry. I'm not. I, I'm trying to shoehorn cryptocurrency into our fight. No, go on. No, no, Tell no, me not. more, Greg. I am not going to go on. You know what? What the biggest surprise this week, Eric? What's that? Out of all, with respect to everything we covered this week, you know what my number one with a bullet recommendation this week is? What's that? Lorelai. I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Laurel, this was the last movie I put on because I. This is the movie I didn't want to watch, and it ended up. Just throwing throwing me for a loop. I ended up really loving it. What yeah. what, what is this? What surprised you the most out of what you covered this week? Uh, actually, probably Masters of the Universe. Um, Sabaya is probably like of all of them. I think Sabaya is probably the best one because cool. Yeah, I, I, it's it's. I kept forgetting that's a documentary though. I and I think that was yeah. in its favor. That just kept me from putting a bullet in my head, just <laughs> <laughs> like just okay. lamenting the human. You know, the, the evil of humans go, we are fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> oh, right. No, no, no. It, um, it made, but, it made uh, me realize I, I have no guts. I would never do what these guys at the center are doing. I would, yeah. I would never. I, yeah, I, I, I'm a coward. I have no idea. If I did, I, I definitely wouldn't be able to stay as calm as that guy does. He's oh. pretty he's pretty level-headed throughout the whole thing. And you kind of have to be when you're in his position because, I mean, we'll, we'll just get back into another uh, review of that but it's it's easy to flip out and just go off on someone but at what end now you've blown your cover also and, and- <laughs> yeah one more thing one last thing about Sabaya, i really enjoyed how it it didn't really amp things up because everything was going crazy all around but the, the filmmaker could have made you know they could have made the characters a little bit, the, the people more heroic or, or just overplay the hand, but it doesn't seem manipulative. It seems like yeah. a very real documentary. Like you're actually in the moment and it's, it's scary, but really well done documentary. I, I think also uh, another fun thing about the movies we covered this week, because I think for the most part, I like all of them, even the one I didn't like, I still kind of could recommend yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, there, there's like three heavy ones and three kind of fun ones. Did you get that right? Yeah, so we got Sabaya, the Nine Days, and Lorelai is kind of heavy, yeah. but in between that, twist, yeah. twist, Masters of the Universe, and what am I forgetting? I think that's it. That's it. That's okay. it. And then, and then Teletubbies or something. Else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just count twists too. Yeah, no, no, we had a we had a good mix, and I, again, I was surprised because I, I love Popular Schreiber. I really loved him in Dead and Thieves. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, I, actually, that, that that's one of those. Uh, fuck it. Dan and Thieves, <laughs> sorry, Gerard <laughs> Butler, and uh, it's it, it's not quite heat, but it's not far off. It's it's it's, it's, it's hey, pretty good. It's in, pretty in good. Fairness, in fairness, the the end of Dan and Thieves is almost as good as Heat, right? The the end where you realize, yeah. holy, what the heck? Yeah, Dan and Thieves is one of those that totally caught me off guard. I was like, uh, another Gerard, but and you know what? I think I kind of I'm kind of slowly becoming a Gerard Butler fan, maybe so a little ironically so, but I still He's like so the guy. Good. Yeah. Um, but Dan and Thieves was like, oh, this one's gonna suck. Let's watch this, and I put it in. I'm like, that was pretty good. And Gerard Butler's eat acting in that is. <laughs> he's just always well we're doing up and now you gonna yeah. tell me where they put the bodies at or whatever <laughs> a lot of good eat acting in den of thieves that well that is our final find your film episode we miss bruce perky very much bruce will will hopefully his car is better next week he will be joining us for next week any final thoughts before we leave eric holmes i love you bruce and i miss you
Love you, Bruce, as well. Again, like Eric was saying at the beginning of the episode, join our join us on our Cinematics Facebook group. We do we do weekly DVD and Blu-ray giveaways, and Bruce and Eric, like I said, they're they help man the the ship when it comes to movie recommendations. We also have a lot of wonderful people like William Lindis, Matt Stillman, Joseph Bridges, Andrew Martin, a fellow podcaster, Andrew, Andrew Martin, a lot of Angie Clark, a lot of wonderful people contributing movie recommendations on a daily basis so that is it we are ending the show right now and if you actually have seen Lorelai we're just going to keep this episode running with a spoiler discussion of Lorelai okay so if you don't want to hear what happens at the end of Lorelai stop so turn on turn it yeah we're gonna start no yeah we're gonna start (laughs) a spoiler discussion of Lorelai in three let me just let me just hold on one second why don't you, I'm going to cough. Why don't you say something interesting? Eric comes for about five seconds. So we saw Lorelai. Yes, you saw Lorelai. <laughs> and then now we're, we're back. We're back. You saw Lorelai. Why did you think the ending listeners, obviously here's the spoilers for Lorelai. Eventually they all go on a the ice cream truck that of course we're assuming. We, in we, we should back up because we never said that she left. We, we mentioned that she's a deadbeat mom, but we never Okay. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, if you're listening to this, you already know that because you saw the you saw yeah. the movie. You saw the but, movie. We're assuming, but, folks, you've seen Lorelai again. This is one of these things we're releasing this hopefully on Thursday or Friday. So please do not listen to this unless you have seen Lorelai. So as we we all know, Dolores kind of almost a little bit post midstream. I'm a little bit over half of the movie. She's with them in the house raising the kids with Wayland, and suddenly she has these dreams about actually still as a teen. Wanting to go out to LA to become a bartender, to become that, a bartender. That, that was her dream. <laughs> that was her dream, but she wanted to come out to LA with Waylon when they were teenagers. But now she's a mother of three. She ha- she's doing a lot of hard work. She's a maid at a hotel maid. She quits her job and she decides to just up and leave her fa- up and leave her family, her, her three kids, and us also by default. Waylon she leaves her their home and she goes out to LA where she gets a job at specifically a, an establishment called Dive Bar. And in Dive Bar, we don't, at the end of the movie, we don't see her as a waitress. She's actually one of the, oh, excuse me, one of the swimming mermaids in that fish tank or that big, not a fish tank, but one of the big tanks on the, on the overhead in the bar. So we see her actually in a way, Eric, she's living out her dream because she used to be a swimmer in high school and she loves to water. And she becomes a little bit of a mermaid at, at the at the, the pleasure and the viewing pleasure of the, the bar patrons of Dive Bar. And yeah. actually watching her as a mermaid is Wayland and the three children who actually made the trek from the home, road, track, road trip with the ice cream truck that Wayland has. And they meet her at the Dive Bar. And the closing moments has one of the children, I believe it's the, is it the middle child or the youngest child? I think it's the middle child. Yeah, the middle child. She's on the shoulders of Waylon, and she's looking. Oh yeah, at no, it had to be the youngest one because the really? middle one would have been too big for that, I think. Okay, so I mean, he's, he's, yeah, good, he's good. pretty strong, but the middle child's pretty, pretty right. big. Pretty big, so good. good I, one, I wouldn't Eric. want I wouldn't want that middle child up on my old ass shoulders. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't be I'd be dead in like two seconds. Yeah, but Pablo Schreiber's shoulders. My, my spine can barely support me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, very good. But but we're talking about Pablo Schreiber. He's yeah, he's the man. Yeah, this he's, is true. This guy is built to that you know what so anyway she's carrying the youngest child very good eric and she's looking at her mother and her mother actually has to take a breath for a second when she sees the children the family and she cries just for one split second and she goes back in the water and you see her i guess she's reaching the hand on the glass and you see her half smiling and then 
what happens, it cuts to them. It just cuts to them being in that moment in the dive bar. She looking at her family, the family looking onto her. And then it cuts to a end credit sequence with just, you see Lorelai by herself on the beach. And that's the end of the movie. So yeah. Eric, why did you think that was an optimistic take? Well, normally in something like that, you would have the family and it's like, oh, mom's a whore or, you know, they, they would see her in the, in the dive bar or strip club or whatever and see her kind of uh, expose. But actually one of the, one of the good things that Lorelai did uh, that with her kids was she instilled a sense of self-worth in them, uh, sort of uh, be who you want to be, go after your dreams. And so the kids didn't see their mom as, oh, she left us to do this. The kids saw them as like, oh, our mom's a mermaid. Isn't yeah. that cool? Like, yeah. oh, she's she's doing her dreams. And it's I, I see it as optimism because, you know, she's happy to see them, but also they're happy to see her. And it's all I almost got the sense that she kind of in that moment um, inspired them further to go after whatever dreams they want to go after which is kind of not really something you want from a deadbeat parent, but you know, it's, 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 you know, that inspiration can come from all sorts of places. So why not that? You know, and and I think you have a good point there. They're actually inspired by their mother because they can fall back on their surrogate father played by Wayland. Yeah. Because he's actually, he actually becomes, What's so funny is Waylon, he's so closed off and he's understandably scarred from those 15 years in prison. He's just trying to get his life on track. And maybe his dream himself was to actually go to, you know, L.A. with uh, Dolores as well and maybe leave the kid because he didn't, he didn't, they're not his kids. But ultimately what happens, the sneaky thing about Lorelai is Waylon is the one who is actually, even with all their years of hard work as a mother, Waylon has more of a facility of being a very cool parent. He just has... That's his one big talent. He yeah. knows how to take care of the kids. And I thought that was very resonant, very moving. On, on, on top of that, like her her decision to abandon her kids is really the only reason that Waylon is able to leave that shithole that he was stuck in. Like uh, now at least, you know, his uh, parole officer presumably let him go, you know, with certain restrictions and all. You know, he's able to, uh, he's able to, at, at least given that last moment, if that, you know, and with these with these type of people, that kind of stuff never really sticks, you know, because it usually ends up in fighting and bickering later on. But this is a movie, so in my head, what happened is that they, they uh, kind of, uh, that moment kind of solidifies them as a family, and then they can work, and then Waylon doesn't have the parole officer breathing down his neck every second. Uh, Lorelai's got her dream job, and their kids get to... Like it, it, pretty much everyone's happy at that point. They're where they need to be and they're right, well, I think where they you're... need to be to grow creatively and as people and so on and so forth and live the life they want to. Whereas before they're all stuck, you know, they're like, uh, you know, just trying to get scraped by whatever they can. Well, okay. That's a very good read. And I think that's going to be most people's read on Lorelai. But here's the thing. Here's an alternate read. When she looks at her kids, she obviously misses them. That's why she cries when she gets out of the tank to get her breath back. But when she goes back into the water, she's still entertaining the, the patrons. She's yeah. still living in that. Because she's she, a professional. <laughs> right? Well, she's a professional, but she's in her own world. Yeah. And we go back to this scene 
And here's the thing. I just thought about, about, about this. Should we go back to the scene in the pool where she decides to quit her job? She quits her job and she decides to go into the pool and she just submerges herself in the pool. And there is that scene where you think that she actually saw Wayland in the, you know, watching her. Okay. And there's a, there's a cut scene. I don't know if you saw this. There's a scene where she's at the bottom of the pool and there's a reflection of Wayland on the top looking at her. And so, so she's supposedly seeing him, but then it cuts to another scene where she's actually not just see, she's not really seeing him. She's only seeing a reflection of herself. Yeah. Okay. Now you transpose that and you look at the end of Lorelai. And even though she's, I'm sure she's very happy to see her family there. She's, she goes back into the default fantasy of being a mermaid. And then the final shot, because you don't see the final shot is not with them together on the beach. Yeah. The final shot is her by herself on the beach, yeah. which means, yes, my thing is, yes, it's, it's cool that there is a family. The family gets stronger because thanks to Waylon being really a natural father and really coming to realize his real calling maybe is to be a really cool father to these kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of joy there. But then Lorelai's dreams is actually maybe realized. And that dream is for her just to go off into the sunset in the beach and just find a little bit of freedom on her own. So it's sort of, they're going to be kind of like a family, but they're going to be separate, but together. So that's, that's one of those really ambiguous kind of endings, which you could, you could read on, I think in two different ways. I I think the, I think the only thing I would do, and unfortunately I think you're right on that, (laughs) but that last part didn't still happy. I I, I didn't see that part. I stopped watching when they started. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, when she sees her kids, I don't think that uh, I I think uh, that the way I read that moment was um, she sees her kids and right away um, she knows that she fucked up. And then she has to go up. She's That's why she's cry- uneasy. She's not crying because she missed her kids. She's crying because her her being a piece of shit got thrown right back in her face when she wasn't at all. I'm assuming she wasn't at all expecting him to be there. Otherwise, she wouldn't have reacted like that. Mm. But uh, I, I think she was kind of caught off guard. And then it's like, oh, that's right. I just I deserted my kids. And she goes up and kind of takes a breath and... That that this is why it's fucking awesome. They got Jenna Malone in here because she's so good and so good and, and doing this kind of stuff. And then so, but I I think uh, you know I, I think she likes her kids and in my in my head she loves her kids and she loves her family and it, it all becomes a happy ending. But unfortunately, I think you might be right. No, no, but the, <laughs> but I think that's what that's what the director is doing. Maybe she's giving us different reads, and yeah. the ending is the ending that we create. We're kind of the co-writers in the final moments of this narrative now. Also, what we forgot to mention and what I really appreciated, Wayland and the biker gang that actually introduced him in the beginning, the trope for most movies is, oh, well, he can't afford to pay his bills. So he'll go back to you know, running drugs or doing deliveries and everything for some money just to make ends meet. And then maybe the, the gang or some of his colleagues will pull him back into a life of crime. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That doesn't happen. It's just, yeah, well, like- his one of his good friends gives him that packet of money for time served for not being a snitch it's just a very yeah. it's like it's like what the, I, I can't take this and it's like it's yours it's like what for for 15 years 
or 15 years of service essentially yeah you did, you did time in jail and didn't fucking snitch so the least we could do is get you by you yeah know? instead of actually the trope of that criminal gang cr- yeah. criminal pulling him back in and making him do even worse things and i really appreciated that that, that yeah. that's one of the things that lorelei just flipped the script on i think yeah so and and i I don't want to i don't want to defend a lot of motorcycle gangs too much because there's a lot of them that are not good people but as far as the the brotherhood and camaraderie at least of the ones i've seen uh Mm. you know people i've met that's that's about what you can kind of expect uh more so than the uh um you know if someone's in a motorcycle club and they're like, I got to, you know, I got to do the family shit. It's like, no, man, hey, I get it. You know, I, I think that's the the way they reacted and moralized probably a lot more true than, and I love Sons of, Sons of Anarchy, but probably more true than that. Like the, uh, dude, I got to break away from the gang. Well, we got to, we got to beat you up and, and break your arms and kill your family. Right, right. You know, that maybe that happens in some of them. I, I think because I mean, even though someone can be racist and criminals and all that, I, I think they do have a sense of brotherhood. So uh, that that rang a little more true to me than, uh, like like you said, um, other versions of that of that scene. Okay, so that is cool. That is our spoiler discussion of Lorelai again in theaters uh, on digital, July thirtieth. Hopefully, you, you guys found some added stuff. Hit us up. Tell us what you think of the ending of Lorelai or what you think overall of Lorelai. So that is so, I think Bruce Perky is going to have a really nice <laughs> laugh to himself. The fact that we're doing a spoiler on a movie that he really doesn't like. So, <laughs> so, so he didn't miss out. That's cool. So he did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, what we should do whenever, whenever Bruce is not on this podcast, we'll just do spoilers of movies. He hates next up. Is the painted, <laughs> next up is the painted bird. So, all right. And we're done recording. All right, Bruce, you can leave. Ha-ha. Okay, only Bruce left. Now let's do the spoilers of the movies he didn't like. Tenet is not a turd. <laughs> Tenet is not a turd. By the way, should I watch Tenet before we go? Is is it you recommend it now? Um, once I, gone? I, I I would say yes, but okay. I mean I I don't. What, what do you feel of Christopher Nolan in love general? His stuff. I love his stuff. I I would give it a shot. Okay. Um, it's i mean there's a huge learning curve and you you might be on the uh, same side as many people where they watch them like huh but uh, yeah give it a shot okay and, and i think i think you're you're kind of more uh ready for that sort of thing because there's like the there's like the james bond but like the mm. not really De Palma, but kind of De Palma adjacent in that you have like you know th- there's always the big thing going on and everyone's yeah. got to kind of but also like the palma has like the, the the backstories and whatnot that's not too important to the movie yeah. but it's important to the characters you know kind of yeah. almost like a plot MacGuffin, if that even makes sense got it no no gotcha okay so that yeah maybe... yeah I, get, I give it a shot i don't know if you like it or not maybe you'd be more in line with bruce but i'd be curious to see what you thought What's better, Tenet or Lorelai? Apples and oranges. You gotta, you gotta say it. Tenet or Lorelai? Uh, are they both good? I might have to go with Lorelai. Oh wow! Okay, fair. Tenet, Tenet's got some stuff that I really, really, really fucking love in it, and they just don't do anywhere. But All right. and so does Lorelai. So I have no idea. Good. But, you know what? I'm here for the clickbait. I'm gonna put yeah. on on our twi- Twitter feed. Eric Holmes prefers Lorelai over Tenet. <laughs> so, anyways, that is it, folks. We will see you next week on Find Your Film. And anything else, Eric, you just want to say goodbye at all? Anything? 
Yes. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> so long. <laughs> farewell. And we were, I was going to say a wiener zing goodbye, but we can't do that because of music licensing. But we'll, we'll nope. see you guys. A wiener zane? <laughs> no, no wiener zane or wiener zane. We'll see you guys next week.